0: Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I speak with the woman behind the Junkyard Journal's Kat Steck. This is the first of a two-part series on sustainability. This conversation specifically speaks of fast fashion and the downfalls of shopping this way. Please hear me when I say that I need a lot of growth when it comes to this area. I find a quick trip to Old Navy just as convenient as a lot of you. That said, this information is important to hear and honestly, the more that I dig, the more convicted I become just regarding the downfalls of fast fashion. I really look forward to you hearing this discussion and then hearing your thoughts over on the Minimalist Moms Instagram page. But before we get to the conversation, I just wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. I know there have been several of you to leave ratings as of recently, and I just so appreciate your encouragement on there I really do read every single review and I even share them with my husband and my mom again it just makes me so happy that you're benefiting from the content on this podcast and that really is the best way that you can support the minimalist mom's podcast just by going onto iTunes leaving or writing a review I just very much appreciate it I know I'm a broken record week after week but I will not stop saying it because it does mean a lot And now, before we get into the conversation with Kat, I want to ask you, is there something interfering with your happiness? Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? Mental health has obviously become much more of a topic of conversation and something that we're just much more aware of and comfortable talking about these days. However, there can be a lot of stress associated with trying to find the right healthcare provider. That's where BetterHelp Online Counseling comes into play. With BetterHelp, they make the process so much easier and streamlined. You can talk to a healthcare professional from the comfort of your own home through your mobile device or your computer. BetterHelp will align you with someone based on your needs. So that could be depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, trauma, really anything you'd like to talk to someone about. I've personally been able to check it out for myself and I've really seen the ease in which you can receive that care that you're looking for. As I've said before, I will just put my children to bed and at 8 o'clock I hop on my call with my personal counselor on my couch. It's so easy, I don't have to worry about getting a babysitter, I don't have to worry about drive time, I can just do it at my own convenience, my own pace. It's also worth mentioning that if you're not finding that you click with your counselor, you can always switch. They make the process so streamlined and easy, it's so fantastic. In fact, so many people have been using Better Health that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you've really struggled with trying to find the right therapist or just someone to talk to in regards to mental health, I know a lot of us are struggling right now. This is something I truly recommend. Best of all, it's an affordable option and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month. I want you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash minimalist and join 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash minimalist. And now for my conversation with Kat Steck. I hope you enjoy it. Kat, thank you so much for joining me today on the minimalist moms podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. So nice to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for listeners to hear all about you and what you have to say in regards to just more sustainable buying practices and fast fashion, just everything that's kind of in line with making the best conscious consumerism purchases. I think I said that right. You can, you'll can, you probably correct Absolutely. me. Yeah, you'll <laughs> correct my language here at some point. But um, before we get into all of that, can you just tell listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Yeah, I'm Kat. Um, I'm a toddler mom. I stay at home right now. Um, I'm a former educator. And last year, I did a no buy year where I bought nothing new trying to ditch fast fashion, which we'll get into what that is a little later. Um, But I run an Instagram just about opting out of consumer culture and all that um, that brings and just trying to be more conscious consumers and live a little bit more thoughtfully um, and ethically.
0: What made you get into minimalism and sustainability? I grew up like thrifting
1: with my mom. So like going to secondhand shops and we did a lot of that. But last year, a friend was doing a challenge to buy nothing new. And I think like really what was that moment for me um, when my daughter was born two and a half years ago, seeing the excess of stuff around a baby, I thought that I was like on the lower end of how much I had, but I was still having Amazon boxes delivered day after day. Anytime a mom would recommend something to me, I'd be like, Oh, that will help my daughter sleep order. It's going to be in my, on my door in one day. And so, um, when a friend asked to do nothing new for a year, I jumped on board with that. And then it just kind of spilled out into other facets of my life. Like I've always been concerned about the environment, but I didn't realize how much my personal choices could really make an impact. So that's kind of where, where I got started.
0: Was there a part of the Nothing New challenge that was more difficult for you, just candidly? There were things that I made
1: exceptions for starting out. I could buy underwear. You know, it wasn't about making sacrifices to me. It was just being more thoughtful about the purchases. Um, It was hard the first couple weeks because I was just used to browsing places like when I would go into Target to grab something, I would just browse through the clothes like, oh, that shirt's only 5 dollars I kind of need a new white shirt. You know, like here and there things. And I really didn't realize until I started the challenge how much I was doing those impulse buys of, oh, it's just one thing here, one thing there. But it was like a hundred things here and a hundred things there. And I think a lot of us, especially as moms, we're marketed to so much. There's so much that we have power over in our consumption patterns. So it's just very eye-opening.
0: Yeah. And then the buy nothing new. So did that mean that you were allowed to go to thrift stores during that time?
1: Yeah. So I did it as just you no know, actually new clothes, but I could thrift clothes or get clothes on Poshmark or okay. things like that. And mm-hmm. I started hosting clothing swaps last year too. So I was Able so to kind of like pull people into it with me that weren't exactly doing the challenge mm-hmm. um, and shop their closets too. I definitely like got a lot of new to me clothes last year. I just was shifting my focus away from like needing the things that were being produced in shops cheaply, fast fashion.
0: The reason I ask is because I think that when people see that part, when they see that it can. It can be done is what I'm trying to say. I think that people make it this daunting thing of like, oh, I can't buy anything. I'm not going to spend any money. And that's very overwhelming and probably very unrealistic, especially for mothers. And so I think the fact that it's like, oh, if I need this, I can buy it secondhand or I can get on Facebook Marketplace or I can ask to borrow it from a neighbor or a family member. I think that that makes it more accessible for everyone and just doesn't feel so unreachable. So that's why I'm glad that you explained that for sure.
1: Yeah, my mantra throughout and what I teach other women too is secondhand first. Yeah. So it's not that you can never buy anything new. It's just that you're putting that extra pause and that thought into could I get this secondhand? And more importantly, do I need this at all secondhand yeah. or new? You yeah. know. So just having that pause for thought before consuming.
0: So you said that you like to tell women secondhand first. So tell me a little bit about that. You have this platform now called the Junkyard Journals. Tell me how that came about. So I had the
1: Instagram out, the Junkyard Journals, a few years ago. Um, I started it and I was just sharing random things I had been thrifting. Um, But really, I went back into the space last year at the beginning of my no buy year and thought of it as like more of accountability for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then women kept coming, being like, this is great. I want to learn to do this too. There was so much interest in wanting to pull back on our personal consumption. And so that's just kind of how that started is sharing about the thrift store. And then it kind of morphed into this thing now that is a lot more about the why behind why choosing secondhand, sustainable, other sustainable options, and just overall buying less and opting out of the culture.
0: Yeah, no, that's really great. I think that it's something that people are probably catching on a little bit more with our generation. But yeah, I think that we still have a ways to go. And so that's why I thought it was important to bring you here today. And we're going to talk about one element of sustainability practices, and that is fast fashion. So I guess I'll let you define it for listeners who may not have heard of this term before. Fast fashion is
1: clothing that's made quickly and in mass quantities to keep up with current trends. So you can think anything like, h m Zara, Gap, basically they're producing so many seasons of clothing. Like it used to be spring, summer, fall, winter, and now it's a season a week to keep up with trends and, and to keep selling things. So there's just a lot of human rights issues that go along with that because of the demand for new cheap clothing so much. They can't ensure fair wages and fair labor practices for garment workers in their factories.
0: So why do you think it is that we have shifted to this fast fashion, I guess, demand, really? Why do you think that's happened?
1: Yeah, well, I think like with the rise of the internet and um, I mean, really, Instagram has a lot to play in it, that you see something, you like it, and you're able to have it to your in, at your doorstep in two days. So we've kind of created this disposable culture around clothing in particular in fashion and we love that we can go into a store and get a shirt for $4.99, but there's costs behind those items. There's lives behind those items and materials can't actually be produced at those costs barely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've gotten just really accustomed to seeing prices that low, but there, there's a lot that comes with that.
0: Yeah. And I think people have to realistically look at it. This is so silly. It doesn't have to do with clothing. But when I think about maple syrup, I always think about, gosh, how how does this little container cost me so much money? But then have you ever tried to tap a maple tree and make your own maple syrup? You literally (laughs) need so much of the sap from the tree in order to make just a little container. And so that's why it costs so much because it's a long process. And so when you're looking at that $4.99 shirt, you're buying a shirt for $5. The material probably costs probably half of that. And then to make a profit, so are these people getting paid for it? How could the people possibly exactly. get paid for their work when it's so low? So there's somewhere someone's not getting paid. I think we just have to pull right. ourselves back and look at how is this possible? And my maple syrup exactly. was my example. That was something that I was just No, like- but
1: I think that that's kind of where it got me last year of when I started to look at fashion that way, I started to look at everything that way. You know, like and, like sewing a shirt, like that can't be done in 15 seconds, you know? So what are they being paid per hour? Even if it's the $4.99 that I'm buying the shirt for, do I feel comfortable with that, you know? And so it kind of spilled out into everything I was buying. Thinking about the dollar store, I mean, people love the dollar store for cheap little organizational caddies, but then you stop and think like, what is the actual cost Mm -hmm. of this, of producing this item? What is the environmental cost? What is the human rights cost? Like what went into actually producing things for such a cheap cost? So yeah, kind of spills over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is um, somewhat of a tangent, but I honestly feel like if we all took the time to maybe spend our money on more quality items, I honestly think we'd be happier. Like, I just think back to maybe a romanticized, simpler time when people didn't have a ton, but they had the things that they really did love. And I'm talking like pre... I guess there's never been a perfect time in human history. There's always been bad things happening, but I'm just But like, there
1: has been a time before this like excessive consumerism, yeah. which I think is what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I'm like just... before Sears catalogs came out, when you were at home, mm-hmm. you were just a person. You weren't still... Someone that was being marketed to, you know. But now, even when we're sitting at home, there's no escaping the consumerism. Like it's in every facet of our life. I read something recently even when you crack open an egg, there's marketing lasered on to the top of the egg. Yeah. It's like that is so creepy. But the more we start to think about that, the more we can distance ourselves from it as much as is possible for our lives. I mean, there is privilege that comes into being able to choose sustainable things. It is more expensive because they aren't using slave labor. And you've been accustomed to looking at things, looking at prices where the factories are using slave labor. So so if you think things are expensive, it's because that's what things cost to be made without slave labor. Yeah. You know, so it's just, you know, an interesting thing to be able to look at and just take a step back from and really assess, like, if you're on a tight budget, if you don't have the privilege of going to sustainable brands, the most sustainable thing you can do is use what you already have. And shop secondhand and those are things that are in access to most people
0: there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner we need products that are suited for our unique hair needs and don't leave us disappointed I've worn my hair long for the past several years and with this length I really have to be sure to keep it well conditioned or it becomes far too dry especially with our cold winters here in Ohio However, thanks to my personalized pros, shampoo, and conditioner, I've really fallen in love with my hair again. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type. They have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is actually how I got started. It was surprisingly very interesting to me to take the quiz and ask questions such as my eating habits, how I work out, and my zip code. This was very interesting to me because I was able to see which environmental elements affect my hair, such as UV rays, pollution, water hardness, humidity, and wind. With their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, pros determined a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns. As I said before, I really do struggle with dry hair, and I've enjoyed using the hair oil and the pre-shampoo hair mask, to get my hair healthy again. If you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. It literally says your name on each bottle. So cool. Take the free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com/minimalist. That's P R O S E Dot com slash minimalist for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Enjoy the magic of Disney music anytime, anywhere. The Disney Hits playlist features all of your favorite Disney songs, all of your favorite Disney music, including songs you grew up singing along to and the latest instant classics. I can't get enough of the Moana soundtrack. My son dances around singing You're Welcome, Just Like Maui. And my daughter loves anything by a princess. Simply say, Alexa, play Disney Hits or stream Disney Hits on your favorite music service and let the magic of Disney music bring a smile to your face and warm your heart. Disney Hits, the happiest playlist on earth. The Disney Hits playlist is available on all music streaming services. Let's talk a little bit more about the environmental effect. So why don't we want our clothing and textile waste going into the landfills? Why is that such a problem?
1: So um, when consumers throw away their clothing into the garbage, so this might happen when you get holes in your t-shirts or things wear out, especially when we're buying cheap, mass-produced, fast fashion, that tends to happen a lot. Like Diane, you said, when we invest in more quality materials, that's a great way to go. Absolutely, with clothing, you know. So when we throw away clothing into the garbage, it doesn't just waste money and resources. It takes over 200 years to decompose in a landfill and it will generate greenhouse gases and methane and leach toxic chemicals into groundwater and the soil around, which is also affects people too, because it's getting into our water in factories where these things are being produced and dyed the natural resources available in those places are being tainted and polluted. So it's it's like a very complicated issue, but it's nice to just take a, you know, a step into thinking about, thinking about these things.
0: Yeah. And I think that it is a really overwhelming hole that we've dug ourselves into as a, like a world as a not a nation, even mm-hmm. just like the whole world, it's gonna take some time to dig ourselves out of this and to inform the masses. And I guess my question is, yeah, we can take these small steps on ourselves and inform ourselves and maybe do a little bit better. But how do we get more, I guess, information out there? I mean, I appreciate sources like you on Instagram that we can follow. But do you have any other tips, maybe or recommendations on how we can get this out?
1: doing it yourself and talking about it a lot. Like when someone asks you, where'd you get your shirt? Instead of saying... Old Navy, you say, actually, I thrifted this and this is why. Mm -hmm. And not in any kind of judgmental way because a year ago, you didn't know either. Or, you know, so we're just kind of trying to call people in Mm -hmm. to this with us instead of calling people out for not doing it. The more we can shape our own lives to be that way, I feel like the more we can talk to other people about it, but sharing resources about it and asking companies, holding companies accountable is a really good first step. And there's organizations you can follow. Like Remake Our World, Sustainable Fashion Forum. I love a lot of influencers like Aja Barber that are doing great work in this area. So just kind of supporting who you can and sharing with the lifestyle that you lead.
0: There are also documentaries that you can watch. I know The True Cost is one. There's one called The Machinist. There's one called Walmart The High Cost of Low Price. I'll put this, um, it's a it's a website with six of the top fast fashion documentaries that you yeah, can watch. Perfect. So I'll be sure to include that in there and you can just share those with your friends. And I was going to say, what I was- feel
1: like we should, Oh, sorry. Go I was ahead. just going to say, like, I feel like you and I both agree a lot on reevaluating needs versus wants kind yeah. of things and like buying with intention and practicing patience. So I like, building little habit, you know, and just taking one step at a time that progress, not perfection kind of thing day at a time making better choices. And like, it doesn't matter what you've already done, what you've been doing just to be able to move forward, buying a little bit less, buying a little bit more intentionally. That's the goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was actually, so my next question for you is what are some of your best maybe tips or just ways that we can lower our footprint when it comes to clothing consumption? Yeah. So I think
1: auditing your closet and seeing what you have is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Diane, you've talked a lot about like having less in your closet, kind of decluttering mm-hmm. things. And that's a really good environmental strategy as well, because when you can see what you have, you use what you have and you only fill in the gaps when needed. So it really helps cut down on consumption. Mm-hmm. Um So using what you have um, and then buying less overall are huge, huge things um, because the most sustainable thing you can wear is what you already own. Mm -hmm. Um, And then shopping secondhand. um, Nowadays, that can be super easy to do, whether you hit a local thrift store. Like some people like the hunt of that. I do. I don't know if you like to thrift.
0: I do. I did prior to having children. Now I find it stressful. But if I can get away, it's fun.
1: Yeah, but there's all these online apps now um, where you can do it really easily and filter. And even if you loved a brand before, and you've now found out that they're not the most ethical, you can search that specific brand, even the specific item, Mm -hmm. and find it super easily on Poshmark or ThreadUp or apps like that. So it's made it more convenient to be able to shop secondhand as well when needed.
0: Yeah. No, I think those are great tips. And I really like to borrow with my family members that are at similar yeah. sizes. I think that's fun too, because you're not necessarily shopping one another's closets, but you are borrowing over buying, which is a great sustainable habit as well.
1: Right. And clothing swaps can be really mm-hmm. fun too. I've done that um, in mom groups, mm-hmm. especially for kids can be a great thing yeah. since kids outgrow clothes so often. And with that, taking better care of what you own can help. Extend its life um, when you pass things down yeah. um, as well. And then focusing on buying natural materials when you do buy things. So, think like linens, cottons, things that can decompose more easily, and things that aren't made with plastic. So, like polyester that's made with microplastics. So, when you wash it, plastic is getting into the waterways um, and it is going to take, it's not going to fully decompose in a landfill either. So, just you know, being as considerate as you can about those kinds of things as well.
0: Like you said, at one point, we can't go back and change some of the things that we've already done or some of the purchases we've already made, but it's just moving forward, having this lens that we're viewing this area with. And again, passing down clothing. I know that I've done that a lot with my baby clothes. It's really fun to see your baby clothes on cousins or friends and they're not in boxes anymore. And I don't know, my big thing with pe- with having things still in boxes is that you don't they don't have a life outside of that. And like it's fun to pass down. And it, it's a good reminder of, I don't know, when I see my daughter's clothing on my niece, Catherine, it's just like, oh, I remember when Charlotte was that little. And like, it spurs that moment and that memory for me. And I think that that's fun. So it, it's a great way to be sustainable. So I think there's all these little things that, like I said, when we really condense the overwhelm this is so easy and accessible for anyone. Like you said, there is a privilege to being able to buy things maybe of a higher quality or even buying certain foods like that might be more expensive. Do what
1: you can progress over perfection. So everybody's access, everybody's time and the way that they do this is going to be different. Mm -hmm. So not judging the way people do it, but also just taking whatever steps you can to make the way that you do it a little bit more intentional, I think is the way. and I. Totally agree, Diane. I actually got into more of a minimalist lifestyle through the sustainability because I was able to give things away more easily and my daughters that I would have wanted to hold on to because I was able to see that the items could like have another life. And we have so many things now that have been through like five families, some of what whom we know, some of some people that we don't. And it's just like, It's so sweet to know that all these things had a history and are going to have a future if we take care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just very, very different than the culture that's pushed to us to like get new things all the time for our kids. But I think there's something really special um, about it. And I just love seeing more moms participating in it.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like this was super informative. And if people want more information and just to follow along with you, where can they find you on the web?
1: Yeah, you can find me at Instagram at the Junkyard Journals. And I will be there sharing tips about how to do this as easily as possible and as frugally as possible.
0: Great, great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now, a.k.a. what is your minimalist moment of the week?
1: So something I'm simplifying right now is my... All of my possessions. We unexpectedly moved a few weeks ago, and not until you move and see everything in one spot do you realize how much you really have. Mm-hmm. Even though I'd been intentionally minimizing for a while, I was like, oh, okay, I've got a lot more work to do here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's kind of how I felt when we moved last October. I was just like, how did we have all this stuff? I thought we were minimalists. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It was a wake up call, and there's still a few boxes we need to go through in our basement, but we did a lot of purging with that move. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of right. gives you
1: time to like reinvent yeah. everything about yourself. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Well, my last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about?
1: Well, Along with the move, um, my husband has been on me about how many baskets we have in our house, mm-hmm. and I, like, I would always just laugh him off. But as we we're moving, he's like, "Okay, anytime we see a basket pile it in the corner, and we're <laughs> gonna take a picture at the end." And so he got this like ridiculous picture of me next to this stack of baskets, and I've gotten so many responses about this being like a woman thing of loving baskets and Uh I just think it's hilarious I think there's a basket for everything but um I just can't stop talking about how funny that
0: is where do you get your baskets at various places
1: um mostly I thrift Uh I thrift the baskets I just I feel like that's a fun thing about thrifting is just like having that eye through and you can just spot a color or something right away but I have thrifted a little bit less with my daughter and especially yeah. like with COVID. I'm not taking yeah. her yeah. Um, into thrift shops and stuff, but just a little fun thing
0: yeah, I've I been doing. I can't wait to like move through that and get back to some of the the normal taking our kids with us. Because I think that honestly with thrifting, I do want my kids to go with me and see it. I haven't taken them yet, but I want that to be normal for them and normalize like every yeah. shop secondhand. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, my home. daughter and I have
1: so much fun at the thrift yeah. store together. Like we're not doing that right now, but mm-hmm. like she would, she would be able to pick her own books mm-hmm. out and things like that. And I just feel like my mom really normalized it for me. And I wanted that same experience for my daughter. So I'm hopeful that yeah. it will, that, that time will come again. But yeah. I think, yeah, just like normalizing that for our kids that like, second hand isn't second best. It doesn't have any less value, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's a really powerful thing we can do and just teaching them the why behind we behind why we're Pulling back from the consumer culture a little bit.
0: For sure. Well, I would love to have you back at some point. I feel like there's so much we could talk about in regards (laughs) to sustainability. So, (laughs) to be continued for sure. I just really appreciate this information and I really look forward to bringing you on again at some point because this was really great.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Diane.
0: What did you think of the interview? If we were sitting down for coffee right now, I would want to know. I guess a couple of things. Have you heard of fast fashion and then what is keeping you from making changes in this area? Like I said in the beginning, I have a lot of growth to do in this area, but I'd say the best way that I don't buy, pun intended, into fast fashion is just simply by using what I already have. Shopping secondhand and really only buying what I need when necessary. What is essential to my closet? What is essential to my home? what is essential to my children, really just getting honest with myself, which I talk about all the time on this podcast. So I would love to know your thoughts. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.